Namaskar. Hello and welcome to Peak Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Ayer. The recently concluded IRF summit. Interestingly, not very many people from the Hindu side participated or even looked at what was going on there. But we have Utsav Chakraborty who has actually uh, been there and he had uh, seen what was happening, who was, uh, uh, you know, spewing venom at uh, India and the surprising capture of the USCIRF. It almost seems complete now by the vested interests and, and they are in turn fanning the flames. You have the HR 1196 about to be voted on in the Congress. So a lot of stuff happening against Hinduism based on a bunch of lies without any proof and on the, the and and it is like to add insult to injury you're seeing a lot of hindus being killed or being threatened for supposedly uh, making blasphemous statements to make sense of all this stuff first of all let's take a look at what happened in the irf summit let's welcome utsav chakraborty utsav namaskar and welcome to p guru's channel thank you shri and uh, happy to be back uh, and thank thank you for doing the wonderful work you do Thank you, sir. It's all, uh, you know, Sanatana Dharma. Jesus has chosen me as one of its warriors and I'm doing what best I can to, to try and make sure that uh, Dharma gets uh, uh, the protection that it needs. So, um, Utsav, IRF Summit, walk us through it. And I think you have a PowerPoint presentation to share with us as to, so that the people know who are the stakeholders, who are the people you might accost them or you might see them on the street. Just at least you know who are the names behind the faces or the faces behind the names, I should say. So take it away, sir. So IRF Summit is uh, probably one of the world's largest gathering of individuals, leaders, and, uh, and influencers uh, supported by the State Department of the United States. Very important to know. Uh, from around the world, and it's, it's one of the most important uh, gatherings of such people. And uh, you know, given the recent uh, developments that we have seen globally, but primarily focused on India, on the way India has been targeted and Hindus specifically have been targeted around the world uh, as, you know, fascists and literally a smear campaign uh, that spans across many Western capitals. Uh, it was important to look at uh, this summit because this summit included people from all over the world who are in the position of influence and power on international religious freedom and human rights. So it's called IRF, International Religious Freedom Summit. Uh, it was held in Washington, D.C. Uh, it was held last year also, but because of COVID restrictions, it was not that high profile. This year, 28 June to 30 June, so uh, about two weeks ago, it was held. Surprisingly, the Hindu communities uh, did not have much representation there. I mean, Hindu pact, which which I represent, uh, we we had a very, very small, we just had the entry. So we didn't, we were not sponsoring any table or anything like that. There were many anti-India and anti-Hindu organizations that had large sponsorship and partnerships in this effort. Uh, Indian American Muslim Council, which uh, you all know, is, uh, is a proxy of, uh, if I can say so, you know, radical Islamists by, at this point of time, um, both Muslim Brotherhood and a strong influence of Pakistani uh, agencies on them. They had a table, they, have a, they had a whole afternoon session, uh, a very high profile session. And then, of course, you had the Khalistani activists and you had uh, a lot of Christian evangelist groups. In fact, this conference, if you if I were to break it down into, you know, influencer groups. So I would say it was about 60 to 65 percent Christian evangelist influenced and another 25 to 30 percent, uh, you know, Islamist influenced. Uh, 
both were going at each other's tails uh, for a lot of the geographical regions. Uh, but unfortunately, and not so surprisingly, when it came to the Hindus and India, they were both joining hands and hitting us. So you had basically about 90% of the conference targeting Hindus jointly, even though half of them were targeting each other as well. Uh, so that's like the overall diagram of uh, the, the events that was unfolding. Uh, so if you play the PowerPoint and, uh, you know, we'll go through some of the slides. And uh, so this is from the luncheon. And I, I chose this picture because this picture is very indicative of what was happening. So you see, you know, in front, these Islamist uh, hijabi ladies who, who were representing some uh, Muslim organization. And on the stage, you had uh, a Christian evangelist uh, and right next to us, a Pakistani Christian uh, and then a Nigerian uh, uh, Christian who was actually given a death sentence on blasphemy. Uh, so it was a mix of these different opposing groups. But when it came to the Hindus and, and, and uh, India, they were actually not opposing each other. And of course, there was the added uh, sprinkling of Khalistanis uh, in there. So it was it was a very fascinating place to be. Wow. Go ahead. So, you know, uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, we did as Hindu Pact, we, we actually started to reach out to, you know, the, one of these tweets I'm sharing is because it was made out to Catherine Lantos Sweat, who was one of the main sponsors, uh, Tom Lantos Commission uh, uh, organization, very involved in, in these activities. So she she was one of the main mover and shaker in this event. And uh, just on the day the event started, actually just one day after the event started, Kanaya Lal was uh, beheaded in India. And, uh, you know, so we, we tagged her and said, hey, you know, this Kanaya Lal's event's beheading is one of the most important markers uh, in the in that region about what religious freedom is all about. So would you be interested to talk about it? And obviously we did not have any uh, response. Uh, and, and we kind of, you know, gave them some evidence of, uh, you know, organizations like IAMC and, uh, you know, Justice for All, which is, a, again, a Muslim Brotherhood proxy, who had important yes. roles in that event. We showed them pictures of how they actually support beheading in, in, in some cases. And if not openly, overtly, then at least they encourage people to do such things. So, so that was some of the, we, we were trying to do as much influencing as we can. And within the limits of uh, what we, resources we had at our disposal. So I, I will just give you an overview uh, of, of who the important people were at this place. Uh, so this, this, was, uh, <clears throat> this was an India bashing event, obviously, and um, at, attached to that was Hindu bashing. Indian American Muslim Council had a very important role in this place. And uh, they had on their desks, so, you know, formally acknowledging this, this uh, organization and its agenda. They had USCIRF, former commissioner of USCIRF, Nadeen Menza. Uh, they had former Clinton and Obama uh, ambassador level official, Islam Siddiqui. Uh, you had ambassador at large for international religious freedom in the current Biden administration. So one of the senior most people at the State Department. In fact, you know, right, right under Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State, in terms of the ranking of position. You had Rashad Hussein, who was at the Indian American Muslim Council desk and endorsing their position. Uh, and of course, uh, you had high profile people like uh, Gregory Stanton, who is who is the head of Genocide Watch. You had uh, Muslim Brotherhood's uh, Hina Zuberi. Yeah, please go ahead. You so had Rashad Hussein, if I remember correctly, he is the USCIRF ambassador at large, isn't he? 
US, he's the state department's ambassador at large. Oh, state departments. Okay, state so, departments. The CIRF is a quasi-governmental body. But the state department is very much a governmental uh, body. So why is he choosing sites and sitting in the IIMC booth, sir? This is very unique and this is very important. I mean, those of you out there in India, especially geopolitical observers, leaders who are looking at this interview, it is important for you to understand that this is a very important marker that we saw this year. And I will show further evidence of where official American thought leaders and influencers who are part of the government, they are taking a position which is very dangerous vis-a-vis uh, -vis Hindus and India. And this is one of those markers that the fact that he was at IAMC's uh, table representing their thoughts was a bad idea. So if you go to the next slide, I will probably, uh, and of course, I, I wanted to show you uh, the Khalistanis uh, there. And it was later found out that you see the TV in the background that they have. Initially, yes. they did not have that TV. Hmm. And they look at the amount of resources that are available to them. On the day the event started, they wrote a check of $2,000 to the venue just so that they can get the TV on the background for two days. And, and, and you know, <laughs> for organizations like ours, Hindu Pact, you know, I had to convince people to give me $150 registration fee to go to this place. <laughs> Understood. No, no, no. You're, you're on this. We're all in this together. We yeah. right now, we are beginning to wake up. I wouldn't even say we have woken up because uh, the Hindu Americans who have a fairly influential role to play in the politics of America, the economy of America and the future of America. And, and we still tend to be more Americans than American. And that is very, very unfortunate. We have to really have a mindset change. At least let's say that the beginning has been made. Please go ahead. Sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you see the reason I put this picture is you, you have to see the level of fake narrative and propaganda that these people are peddling out there. So this, this poster that you see, anything and any Sikh celebrity or important person, any untimely death of any Sikh He's is essentially blamed on the Indian state. So you had, you know, Sandeep Singh uh, or Deep Sandhu die. That's Indian government's fault because Indian government killed him. You had Sandeep Singh, another, uh, you know, sports person die. Indian government's fault. You had uh, uh, Sudeep Singh Musewala die. That's Indian. So basically, they portray every you know unfortunate incident in India. And I mean, I mean, the Sikh community is two percent of the population. There will be somebody who will who will meet an untimely death. And in this, in the case of Musewala, it was a Canadian gangster who had actually killed him. But this is the level of propaganda they do. And I I, I don't know if you can see the material on the table, but this group. That, that the Sikh Khalistani organization was representing, they have actually introduced in the state of Connecticut uh, a city resolution declaring 29th April as Khalistan Day. So, so it, it's not like, you know, they are just a you know, human rights group that is concerned about a treatment of the Sikh community, right? You know, unfortunately, that has happened in 1984. It's not a, that kind of gray zone uh, advocacy. It is an openly Khalistani organization that is extremely resourceful. Uh, and if you go to the next slide, I'll show you how resourceful they are. Uh, next one. Here they are actually in a meeting on the sidelines of the IRF summit, again, with the US ambassador at large for international religious freedom, Rashad Hussain. And Rashad Hussain tweets this. So it's not like they're even trying to hide it. So you have the, the second most important person in the State Department officially having meetings with the Khalistani organization. And posting pictures about it. 
So that's that's where we are at this point of time. Uh, <clears throat> next slide, please. So this this slide I just wanted to show because what I'm going to show next to you, uh, I just want you to understand if you see in pink color that region. Uh, yeah, can we can we zoom that please? One second. Can we please zoom that if possible? Just the pink area. If not, that's that's fine too. I okay, can all right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So you will see that in the center you see IAMC, Indian American Muslim Council. Yes. And then you see right to the that image, IAMC's logo, you see Rashad Hussein. So right. keep remembering these names, okay? And then right under IAMC, you see Ajit Sahi. So Ajit Sahi, very important person to know. And then, you, of course, you see Quill Foundation and all these things. But don't forget, don't lose sight of this uh, logo of the Pakistani Intelligence Agency, ISI, right below here at the bottom of the picture. So this is a very, you know, this is a famous map from Disinfo Lab. And they I you know, commend them for the amazing work they do. And these guys are interlinked radical Islamist slash, uh, you know, anti-India groups on the left as, as well as on the right extremism. And these three people, uh, if you go to the next slide, I'll start talking about what they were doing at this event. So this is, this is a, one of the sessions that were done by Indian American Muslim Council. Again, you see here, right in the middle is Rashad Hussain on their platform. This is Indian American Muslim Council's afternoon session on June 29th, or uh, June 30th, I'm sorry, at the uh, IRF summit. Right next to Rasad Hussain on the center is uh, this lady who is Nadine Menza, who is the former commissioner of the uh, I, uh, USCIRF, United States Council for International Religious Freedom, which report made a very bad report on India last year. And the State Department actually uh, echoed and mirrored some of their comments. So that's Nadine Menza. Uh, and then you have this gentleman who's standing here. He, he is a pastor. His name is P Pastor Peter Cook. And he's standing on the podium of Indian American Muslim Council. His gri gripe against India was that, and this is, he, he's saying this quite openly, that he was uh, sent back from the Chennai airport. Uh, and his visa was canceled last year. Because, and he says it openly, he had gone to India to do conversion activities and the visa under which he had gone was not letting him do that. So look at the, look at the brazenness of, that <clears throat> of this individual. Yes, please. Ask, you had a question. Uh, so I'm sorry, I have to tell a story to our viewers because not everybody would be reading pgurus.com articles also. There was a famous pastor called some Graham. I don't remember the first name. Remember that guy? Yeah. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, I, I know who you're talking about. He, yeah. he, runs, he runs an university in America, actually. He's a, he's yes, 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 yes. So his daughter uh, went to address um, a conversion sort of a meeting in Hyderabad. And the, she got it. She got in under false pretenses. She did not say she was going there for conversion activity. This is, I think, in 2016 or 15 or something like that. What was worse was that in order for her to address a crowd, she had used the Indian defense uh, property called Parade Grounds, which is a very big ground in Secunderabad, in Hyderabad, twin cities of Secunderabad, Hyderabad. And the first day when it was found out that, there you go, Miss Anne Graham Lodge, knowingly yeah, she's, falsified she's the their granddaughter or daughter of, I think, uh, uh, Franklin Graham, the most one of the most famous American evangelists. Yes, 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 yes. So this, this article came in P Gurus 
And what happened was the first day they managed to have the uh, meeting. There were a few Hindus who opposed the fact that Mr. KTR, the current deputy chief minister, and he is the one who wrote the, uh, the letter, essentially lying about the intent of what Miss Anne Graham wanted to do. And I believe if I read that article, if I recollect, the second meeting that was supposed to take place was indeed cancelled. But after that, what had happened was that the Indian government started putting an extra form that you had to fill when you are applying for visitor's visa. You had to certify that you are not going to be taking up any conversion activities. In other words, you have to state what was the reason you are going. And, if, and, and you have to explicitly say, explicitly say, I am not going for conversion. That probably pissed him off. And, 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 and shame on you, Mr. Waugh, whoever that person is. This conversion business has really run its course now. I'm disgusted with these people. Please go ahead. So Mr. Cook there, he goes under the Indian American Muslim Council's uh, uh, podium and he says, you know, and th th this is the level of BS. This is the level of propaganda that they peddle. He says that India right now under Prime Minister Modi is a Brahminical state, you know, the usual uh, trope. Oh, the <laughs> and and he went there to free the non-Brahmins from the power structure of the Brahminical state that is sucking them dry. Okay, this is the level of narrative they are peddling at a port, at a forum where you have the U.S. Secretary of State's assistant sitting there and acknowledging it. And so this gentleman said, "You know, I am a Christian. Uh, I may not agree with everything that the, uh, the Muslim groups do, and uh, they put a caveat out there." And then he spends the rest of his time abusing Hindus and need for... Is he Catholic by any chance? Is he Catholic by no, any he's chance? Actually, he's actually an evangelist. He's actually an evangelist. They Those are worse. <laughs> At yeah, least the no. Catholics have the spine to admit their faults. Go ahead. Correct. correct. So so this was, uh, you know, so the, that was a fascinating thing I thought I should show because, you know, many people in India believe that, you know, the Christians, because the Christians and the Muslims are at loggerheads in other parts of the world, and they actually have targeted violence against each other, which was reflected in the summit in lot parts of the. But when it comes to the Hindus, there there is almost a, a back end understanding that okay, these are the common targets, and we have to go after them. And it, nobody represents that better than Nadine Menza. I'd, I had said this last time, I think, in, when I came here on your show. Yes, yes, yes. That yes. Nadine, you know, in the morning she talks about how ISIS and Muslim Brotherhood is killing the Assyrian Christians in Iraq, who she really cares about. And then in the evening, she goes and attends a dinner sponsored by the same organizations, criticizing India and Hindus. Uso, so is she U.S. born? I think so. Yes. I, I cannot okay. say for sure. But based on her accent, I either she came here as a small kid or she's... She's, I see. Yeah. I see. I, I don't know how some of these misfits, I mean, I won't say misfits, but somehow they, I see a certain type of an ideological bent that seemed to land up in all these jobs, whether it is State Department or places like USCIRF, or even places like New York, I, you'll turn anywhere you you want to, and this is this is the people. These are the people who are there. For example, did USCIRF say that why they chose that particular person to write the India report? So, so you know, if you take out a you know peel out a few layers, you will see that they are basically uh, people who are pushed forward by lobbying groups, and there is intense lobbying that happens. And there are two sets of lobbying groups that are operating here. One is the left 
woke ecosystem as you know it, it's the neo left i won't even call it left i mean they're not the hammer and sickle kind of left so this is a neo left ecosystem that is there which is also called woke sometimes and then you have the islamist ecosystem and somewhere at the back end when the republican administration is in power you have the evangelist ecosystem so every time the democrats come to power the islamist and the woke neoliberal ecosystem moves in and pushes its ag agenda and its people into these places and every time the republicans have upper hand in the house or the presidency like during uh, president trump's time they will push the evangelists into the system so you you will see a conglomeration of these three entities always in these positions that, that that's probably explains your uh, yes 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 continue sir i'm sorry i had to come in and tell you a few tell our viewers a few things no, please please do everything is connected guys it's a small group of motivated people motivated by you know uh, means that you know it's easy money just go and say some nonsense quote somebody's report that report itself will say that we don't have boots on the ground therefore we can't verify it but everybody will quote from that report please continue and everybody will verify everybody will verify each other so yes, when it comes right, out right. in the media they have circular references of important people verifying each other and that makes the you know the event real so i wanted to show the next picture because you know this is something that all american hindus have to think about and and we are really concerned about this so this girl's name is riya chakraborty uh, she is a bengali from new york very but not the actress right not no, the actress not, right not actress she's, <laughs> she's an activist uh, you know left liberal woke activist who works for this organization called hindus for human rights and this organization was literally manning for 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 most of the three days it was three hindus imagine this look at the situation a table of indian american muslim council a muslim brotherhood linked isi linked organization uh, and who is manning their booths three hindus one of them who works for as an employee for indian american muslim council and then two volunteers from this organization called hindus for human rights uh, so i spoke she spoke at the iamc uh, iamc podium and you know like in a very gobelesian way almost you know so much reminiscent of how propaganda used to work in the nazi era she says you know i am the i am the Hin true hindu you know i represent true hindus and what the indian american muslim council and iamc and the muslim brotherhood uh, justice for all organization is doing they are doing the right thing i endorse their work you know again let me repeat again i am the true hindu so this is what her job was to basically validate be the token you know hindu in the room to validate their work and she was almost you know unconvincing in saying so like you, you could almost see that she doesn't believe the propaganda herself she's making so i spoke <laughs> to her later uh, you, did you say, say something no 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 i was just laughing with that you know somebody is not convinced about what they are what is coming out of their mouth you can see from their facial expression please go yeah ahead. yeah it was very fascinating and later on i after the event i spoke to her and you know because i am a bengali i started speaking to her in bengali and she spoke in very broken bengali which means that she hasn't traveled to india much or or doesn't uh, interact with bengalis as much so i said hey no have you ever been to bengal she said yeah as a kid i have been there so i told her you know i gave her a few things to read and i said look i understand where you are obviously i see that uh, but i believe you have an open mind at least that's what you claim so you know go through some of these things and just think about it you don't even have to get back in touch with me but just think about what you are doing here and i know it it's it doesn't mean much to those who are already brainwashed but 
at least I just wanted to engage with her and, and try to put a compass, you know, <laughs> a compass of conscience out there for her. So next slide, I, if you can go. So these guys actually, this is how escalation happens. So, you know, if you remember the image that I showed you from DisinfoLab, the, the network diagram. Yeah. Yeah. On the left is Ajit Sahi. He was in that image. And on the right here is uh, the, uh, I forgot his name. Uh, hold on, just one minute. Let me, let me, Rashid Ahmed. So, oh, okay. so, so he was also in that diagram. So Rashid Ahmed is the head of Indian American Muslim Council and Ajit Sahi is their lobbying expert. And together they released a news magazine, <clears throat> which they will release every month, which will be sent to every senator, every congressman and every person who is of any value in think tanks. So the name of the newsletter is India Genocide News. So essentially, they are going to formalize and print out every month this propaganda that they are creating and circulate it around in every lawmaker's office, in every staffer's hands for the rest of the year. Or I don't know for how long they will do it. But this tells us the level of you know investment and propaganda they are willing to make and the level of escalation they are aiming towards. Uh, and it was released at the IRF summit. This picture I wanted to share with you because uh, this is... This is obviously in the center is Rashad Hussain, the ambassador at large for, at the State Department. And he is surrounded by, on the left, you see a gentleman called John Prabhudas. Uh, he runs an organization of Indian Christians. And since 2007, 2006, he has been instrumental in targeting India. Uh, in fact, when Prime Minister Modi's visa was denied uh, back in, you know, during uh, early to, uh, you know, when he was still the chief minister of Gujarat, one of the people who was instrumental in running that campaign and that influence effort was this gentleman you see with the back towards us, John Prabhudas. So you see at the Indian American Muslim Council's uh, podium, you had John Prabhudas and on the back you see the pastor who got kicked out of Chennai, Peter Cook, and Rashad Hussain and a few other Christian uh, influencers. So you can see that these platforms are not just, you know, Islamist platform or Christian evangelist platform. They're actually Hindu bashing platforms where everybody comes together. <clears throat> so next picture, next slide, please. Yeah. Just, just one, one quick uh, uh, data to compliment. Mr. John Prabhudas, I know you will be watching this or somebody close to you will be watching this and you should know what is happening on the ground in Kerala. One of the pastors has said that 5,000 Christian girls were lured into love jihad. 5,000. In fact, if you go and look at the debates that take place in Kerala on Malayalam channels, the biggest fights are between Christians and Muslims. Why? Because the Christians have caught the Muslims spitting into their food. They, they are falsely labeling, labeling halal on like soap bars, for example. And, and this has taken such a big life of its own that you really need to understand what is going on. And shame on you being born in India and then trying to... Uh, you know, officially try to deny somebody a visa without checking the facts. I have a lot of other information about what are all the things they try to do to stick it to Narendra Modi. But that's all for a different day. Let's let's move back on go on this one. The reason I'm saying all this is the Christians need to be just as concerned about some of these plans that are being laid out by the PFI in India. Please go ahead, sir. So I wanted to make an interesting observation about the point you just made. So there were uh, Christians in that event who I spoke to, I won't reveal their names. Uh, I had conversations with them who 
who actually came up to me on their own mm. and said, you know, once they got to know who, who, the organization I represented, they told me that they are also very concerned about the way a certain section of the Christian evangelist organizations and Catholic organizations are partnering with Islamists in India. These are Christian, uh, American Christians who have a more geopolitical outlook. They mostly come from the end of the Christian organizations that are focused on geopolitical events and, you know, events in Africa, events in the Middle East, uh, events in Europe, how, how ISIS does recruitment and how these. So anybody who has that level of vision, a more global vision, though they, they are very concerned. Those Christians are very concerned at the way in which organizations like IAMC and people like John Prabhudas are partnering. And it's it's not just a you know individual level partnering. There are bigger organizations getting involved in this just to target Hindus and India. So I must you know put that out there that there are Christians out there who are who are worried and they spoke to me about it in detail. Yeah, there's also one more little data that I want to add. This is something that all of uh, uh, the viewers should take note of. You remember the bombing that took place in 2019, Easter bombings in Sri Lanka. You go back and look at the type of people who congregated in these places. Somewhere hotels, okay, that is, you know, that's one side. The other was, I'm talking about the churches. Look at the congregation, look at the native, their mother tongue, the people who had congregated. You will find a stunning secret. Okay, please go ahead. No, that, that's a fascinating data point, uh, Sri, and I would be eager to know more about it. Uh, I'll, I'll watch your show when you when you speak about it. But yeah, you are, you are, uh, you know, you have to be there at this event to understand the diagram of what's emerging. And if you see the set of events that emerged after that, you will you will understand. So within a within a week after this event, Ajit Sahi, who was one of the key mover and shaker on behalf of the Indian American Muslim Council. Ajit Sahi, Sahi was awarded a, a Brave Journalism Award by, guess who? By the previous ambassador for international religious freedom. So, so here you see that it's not just a Biden appointee who is, you know, Biden appointee just took, the, took it to the next level by hanging out, openly hanging out with Khalistanis and Islamists. But even Sam Brownback, who was a, a Trump appointee, goes and gives award to Ajit Sahi. Uh, yeah, please. You had a, you had a point to make. What's up? I, I tell you, I'm disappointed by United States presidents. It doesn't matter whether it is Donald Trump or Barack Obama. Both of them indulge in the hospitality that is given to them when they visit India. And the last day, they will say how they can they are concerned about the treatment of minorities to uh, in in India. They make this routine statement. It doesn't matter whether it is Trump or Barack Obama. They all they have this small constituency that they want to pander to. What you and I should be really doing is probably walking some of these, um, you know, Bible Belt areas and telling them what reality, what the reality is and how the money that they are giving in thinking that there are people starving in India, whereas it is being used for a different purpose. Please yeah. go ahead, sir. Yeah, no, you are absolutely right. And I just wanted to make that point here because there are a lot of American Hindus and Indian Americans who believe that, oh, no, you know, it's it's only one side doing it. I mean, one side may be doing it more than the other. Yes, uh, but, yes. But but there is, uh, you know, there is concern on both sides that we have to deal with. And the fact that Ajit Sahi was given that award, uh, I don't know what journalism he did. I mean, the only journalism I know of him doing was to try to prevent Simi back in the early 2000s from being declared a terrorist organization and from being, you know, from Indian Mujahideen being declared a terrorist. That's his background. 
And then this guy gets to work for Indian American Muslim Council. Obviously, you know, he has the right connections. But to give him an award on journalism, that tells you a lot. Please. <laughs> <laughs> and there are two resolutions in the House. One is Ilan Omar's resolution. And the other is in support of Stan Swami, who is, uh, you know, a Maoist, who is responsible. Maoists are responsible for killing more than 11,000 people, mostly poor people, in the yes. last 20 years. And then you have uh, Juan Vargas, uh, uh, a Democrat from California, bringing a resolution in his support. So these are all interconnected, you know. And of course, uh, the last slide I wanted to show is that because this happened, uh, because the beheading of uh, uh, Kanayalal happened, you know, I decided on the last day of the event to make a few color printouts and, <laughs> and just hand it over to a few of these people who were there and, and ask them to, you know, as as a Hindu organization, we are not that powerful, and I'm pretty sure that most of them didn't care. But I just thought I just felt too guilty not to tell them what the story is on the ground. So I kind of you know I just wanted to share that and uh, trying to do the best we can to educate people. Yeah, um, thank you so much, Utsav. Two things jump out at me, and and viewers, if you have any questions, please have a hashtag ask Utsav. I mean, this is something that we should have said in the beginning. My fault. I should have said. Hashtag ask Utsav because I see a lot of comments that but it when it comes to you know sifting the questions from the comments takes a little bit of time for us. Just just say ask Utsav and then we will try and take a couple of comments. We have already 33 minutes into the thing into this uh, discussion and Utsav, I don't know how much time you have, sir. Two things that come out for uh, come out as I see it. One is that the Hindu voice in America is starting to speak up. Rajiv Malhotra, myself, a lot of other people. Okay, yes. and and I also want to add one thing. I may not agree with Pramila Jayapal's political ideology, but I'm very concerned at the way she is being treated as far as her security needs go. I I want her to lose because of her ideological ideas, not because she is afraid. And then some things have happened in Seattle. It's very very sad. And as a congresswoman, she deserves the right to be protected. And, and, and that's a different matter for a different day. But I just want to say that because I had I was one of the first ones to predict that all those so-called secular Hindu American sounding names are not going to be that, uh, you know, safe in their constituencies. You saw Rajakshramuti turn it around. I, have, I was the first one most concerned with him. And I'm glad that he has turned it around. Most likely he will become a, a congressman again. So, yeah, one one voice, at least one voice. And he was not afraid to say that, yes, I've been seen with Hindu causes. So what? If you're a Hindu, you're a Hindu. Why would you go and ask that of a Muslim or a Christian? So anyway, so that, that's my point. So one thing that I see is that this is this is beginning at, becoming a trend now. The second thing that I see is the U.S. was used to India kind of saying yes, 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 yes for everything. And now India is beginning to show some spine, also challenging U.S., also asking some difficult questions of the U.S., and suddenly they think, oh, you're not supposed to do all these things. So this is this kind of maturity that the Biden administration is displaying at this point of time. When we all know next week, Mr. Biden is going to be traveling to Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and trying to convince them to pump more oil. And they have already said they are not going to do that. Just, just look at this. Can't you just, you know, why can't you do it yourself? Why do you want to ask Kingdom of Saudi You It doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, what's up? What are the next few steps that Hindu Pact is planning? Because we have done a lot of data submission, and I'm going to have some more uh, data, uh, you know, hangouts on this topic. But the HR 1196, 
what are your thoughts on that so we have a campaign that is running uh, a hindu pact's campaign that is running on hr 1196 uh, in fact uh, you know i should probably plug it if i can no no the, no please do please do so so the, because you know we have got already got about uh, 1800 signatures uh, that that have so this campaign basically when you type your name and your zip code when while signing it sends it to the right uh, lawmaker so if you are in let's say uh, rokhanna's constituency then the moment you type your zip code you it will send it uh, send a mail to rokhanna requesting him uh, why it is important for him not to support this resolution and i'm going to try to share the screen if i can yeah go go ahead while i make a couple of announcements so okay. viewers please like share and subscribe to our channel and also like this video uh, i would like to see more people watching this i know this is like peak hour in the morning everybody is working uh, but the weekend is coming up and and many of us who are in the united states you really need to watch this thing because this is i think utsav has done an excellent job we can't go we didn't go we won't go all that is okay utsav is willing to go and look at what happened in irf summit is giving you an aankho dekha hal you know ball by ball commentary if you will so go, go ahead utsav talk uh, yeah i got the thing in front okay so if you can see the screen it's at hindupack.org uh, website you will see it on the top but otherwise it's uh, 2022 0628 hr i can also share the link uh, on the chat yeah so. please do we'll put it in the description yeah okay and uh, and then this is the resolution you know it's on, and the moment you sign it and you put your address uh, it sends an email to your respective lawmaker and what our goal is to actually uh, share it's a, it's a short email that will go because most of these lawmakers don't read it, it goes to their staffers and if you if you send a huge book it's it doesn't register so it's a short one and then we are making calls also because uh, what is happening is that this this resolution just became bipartisan it used to be only sponsored by democrats but two days ago three days ago actually a, uh, a republican uh, congressman from new jersey chris smith uh, sponsored it co-sponsored it so that makes it serious because once it's a bipartisan resolution it comes up in the conversation in the foreign affairs committee where it is it's lying so it could lead to a whole lot of nasty stuff so please go and sign these things and uh, and and you know we are going to start meeting the lawmakers we, are, we we will actually set up meetings as hindu pact and we are putting together a coalition of other organizations and political action committees that are going to meet and we are going to share with them information also at a later stage hindu pact is going to launch a voter voice uh, section within their website our website and that will give analysis and marking on every candidate how hindu friendly they are or you know when when i say hindu friendly because it's american election related it also translates to india friendly because somebody who is anti hindu will not be pro india uh, so that's work that is going on and uh, it will take us another 3 4 weeks to launch that site but it is that's very, a great initiative that's a great initiative yes and you know as a hindu american community and indian american community we punch way below our weight and and we have to change that and that's some of the things we are trying to address and and uh, viewers if you have any questions uh, let's take them now <clears throat> abhijit singh wants to know did anyone remember how what was the question he has not finished osho rajneesh got pushed out let's assume that's what was the question was he was hounded okay understood yeah go ahead yes i mean i, I was not in america in the 80s but uh, you know based on what i have read 
you know, Rosho was becoming very popular in many areas and he had uh, suburban and rural communes where uh, his philosophy was getting very popular. That was taken and because he had a more uh, material uh, approach towards, uh, towards life and philosophy, a lot of Christian organizations, ex ex extremely right-wing Christian organizations were very much opposed to him. And this was during Reagan's times where they had a lot of power. Uh, so as far as I know that there was efforts made to deplatform him and criminalize him. And eventually many people claim that he was actually uh, poisoned uh, by some of those elements. Uh, I, Shri, if you have more that you want to share. Yes, yes. So, so he was so popular that a lot of Hollywood actors and actresses used to visit his place. And he actually formed a city called Rajneeshpuram in, in the state of Oregon. I believe it's not very far from Portland. And, and it's, it's that community that kind of uh, really took up the cudgels. And I think somewhere lines got crossed a little bit and he was forced to supplant himself back to Pune or Punyanagari, I should say. And, and that's where he passed away a few months or a few years later. Uh, unfortunately, his, uh, you know, uh, uh, his message was a very good message, very powerful message. Unfortunately, they, there wasn't that much critical mass Utsav in those days. The only people who were coming from India were students and, and the students and academics. And then we are in a world of our own when you are just doing our masters and, you know, getting PhDs and getting to tenure track and all that stuff. You understand that that stuff. That's yeah, what yeah. was the main thrust of Indian Americans in those days was. Fewer, fewer entrepreneurs. There was no Y2K problem, which kind of opened the floodgates a little bit to bring in a whole bunch of people to try and help fix some of the software that could, you know, roll over and so on and so forth. So that was the time. But, uh, you know, some of his ideas are very, very powerful. Yes, absolutely. And they, they resonate even today. Yes, yes, absolutely. Abhijit, again, uh, why in UN do we not have a dharmic phobia like Islamophobia, anti-Semitism and anti-Christianity? So I guess uh, Abhijit is asking in, in, in UN they passed an Islamophobia uh, re resolution right, uh, right. and why we don't have. Uh, Abhijit, one of the problems in UN is that it is based on the number of countries uh, that have representatives there and uh, a majority wins uh, unless you are the five permanent members. Uh, so I, our problem is that there are not that many Hindu countries. And if you add up the Buddhist countries who may or may not join us on these efforts, there's still not going to be enough countries to, to push something on uh, dharmic phobia uh, in my, my understanding. But you, you have to recall that when the Islamophobia resolution was brought, uh, India actually made for the first time a very powerful case for Hindu phobia and targeting of Hindus around the world. In fact, the Indian representative at the United Nations has a very good, good speech. Now, I wouldn't have expected that speech from an Indian diplomat 10 years ago or 15 years ago, but it was very impressive to see that. You know, credit where credit is due. The MEA does bat on the front foot many times these days. I'm very happy to see that, especially on causes where there is very firm foundational footing for what they are about to say or what they say. Then you have to come to the front and take the offense, go on the offensive. I mean, you and I are doing this not because, you know, uh, we are being forced to react. Everybody else has still got their head in the sand and they're saying, okay, I, me, myself, my future, my career and so on. That's all fine. We're not saying don't do all that. But you're also being slow cooked. That is what is the problem. Go ahead. Bapi Raju wants to know, Utsav, are other religions angry on Hindus? 
Well, as I said, in the IRF summit, what I observed was that uh, there is a significant portion of uh, Christian evangelists that are very upset with Hindus and they, they genuinely believe that we deserve to be converted. And obviously, there is a very, very large section of Islamist organizations uh, like never before that are upset with Hindus. And again, you know, they espouse really radical ideas. They may be walking the streets uh, of Washington, D.C. and hobnobbing with important people as if they are mainstream. But if you look into their ideas and the level of propaganda they have, it is really pernicious and really, really dangerous. And uh, that should bother us. And obviously, you have a section of the Khalistanis, who very small group of minority Sikhs, but uh, they are also <laughs> against us. <laughs> Abhijit Singh again, uh, is it possible for the Indian government to pass Hindu, Sikh, Buddhist, Jain, Zoroastrian, phobia, etc. sort of bill in the parliament, push forward the narrative ahead? I mean, that's up to the Indian government to decide. And uh, see, the thing is that it, it probably will resonate with some people in India. But in terms of effectiveness, I think it, something like this would be effective in countries like where there is significant Hindu population, but not necessarily in India. So I, it's up to the Indian government if, if they want to pass something like that. But there should certainly be a position taken by India on the number of atrocities that are committed on Hindus in many countries of the world, including in Afghanistan, Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, uh, you know, some of the countries in the Middle East. Uh, even in America, Hindus are being targeted. Uh, you have to see the campuses, American campuses. They just a report came out yesterday, day before yesterday yes. from Rutgers. And, uh, and this is well documented now. And, you know, I, I just want to make one quick anecdote, uh, Sri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the IRF summit, I... The same Christian evangelist who walked up to me and wanted to discuss about his conversations within the Christian evangelist community about supporting Islamists, uh, he also pointed out, and this I'm going to quote him here. He said, you guys are missing from the campuses. You have to defend yourself in American campuses. That's what he was telling me. Because unlike the Jews, again, I'm quoting him. He said, the Jews actually are targeted in American campuses, but they have developed a mechanism to counter it. You guys have no mechanism to counter it and your future generations are going to be shamed into not being Hindus. That's how he put He's it. absolutely spot on. He's absolutely spot on. And some of the lies that being peddled, like, you know, Holi is an upper caste festival and that Diwali should be banned. You know, and, and they always put a pretty Hindu sounding name in the front. This is the other sneaky thing that they do. And, and people are getting suckered for this. And that's the other problem. See, the, the thing about, you know, Sanatana Dharma, it's an open source software. It can be, you can use it in any which way to seek the truth. That's what it is all about. Your life is to seek the truth. And, and unfortunately, in all these things, you know, there, is, there are some comments saying that, you know, cryptos always come. At the end of the day, you know, uh, you, do you know that many cryptos also wear on their to, uh, the toe ring when they get married? Some of the, the, the temples, I mean, the, some of the churches have a dvajas tamba. I say, you know, people say, oh, no, no, they are digesting. I also say, wait, wait a minute, they need this. That means they're still at heart sanatanis. They, they can't get away from this and still open to uh, hope to, you know, convert. And, and this conversion thing is run its course, in my opinion, because there are too many things that are been pointed out so we have to wait and see but you have to be patient but what he said is absolutely spot on uh, i think kona is trying to do that thing at the university level they need yeah. support and, and next yeah, question hindu students council hindu you are there there's a lot of effort being done uh, and I, I really appreciate what they are doing 
Uh, yeah. There's yeah. Some, somebody named Sky who has a question. Can India level some of these group organizations either as domestic or international terrorists? So a lot of these organizations uh, are connected to sometimes uh, domestic groups that are that are uh, already banned. For example, uh, Ajit Sahi, you know, one of the reasons I believe he's in America is because in India he would have run into trouble because of his advocacy for Indian Mujahideen and, and, and Simi. So many of these groups actually operate outside India because they are not that welcome in India. And, and they create non-profits in America and create a very you know benign sounding name for it. And, you know, justice for all. Like, who can question the name justice for all until you peel the surface and you see a Muslim Brotherhood, Jamaat Islami person behind it? <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, Ma Tara wants to say, I'm glad that a Bengali has taken up the initiative of fighting back the agenda-driven Hindu hate in USA. So kudos to Utsav. This is a compliment to you, Utsav. Th thank you. Thank you, Matara. And uh, I really, uh, I think we should all do it irrespective of which linguistic or uh, regional group of the Indian subcontinent we are from. We all have to do this together. Let me yeah. Here's a good question. Uh, Devarushi Chaliha wants to know, what is your opinion on Jittu Krishnamurti's philosophy? Do you believe Sadhguru is passing the right message to the society? So, so on the first part, I have not read a lot of Jiddu Krishnamurti, but I have heard some of his videos from earlier times when he used to speak in many American campuses, in, in communions, uh, uh, communes. So I believe that he is a very esoteric uh, philosopher. And at the, at the time when he was addressing the world uh, around him, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of appetite for esotericism. This was during the Cold War. This was when things were very rigid in the society. And Jiddu Krishnamurti came out and brought esoteric thought, Hindu philosophy. Essentially, it was Hindu philosophy that, you know, he brought it to the audience. And from that perspective, I believe he was very relevant. I think in today's times, in the post-Cold War era and with the rise of radical Islamism and radical religions all over the world, I think Jiddu Krishnamurti's message would be lost in the cacophony. Like he was too subtle and too nuanced in his in his thoughts you know refined if i can put it that way to 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 sit to, to in today's like if you put him in irf summit jiddu krishnamurti would know what to do in that space <laughs> that was in a stark and cutthroat uh, space out there yeah and and when it comes to Sadhguru, uh you know i have to say that there are a lot of things that i i like about what Sadhguru has done a lot of things i i believe he's thinking the right way but I also agree that there are places and issues that where he has made comments that I don't agree with or he has taken up positions that I personally don't agree with. So I would say that my my opinion about Sadhguru is, would be mixed and it would be qualified based on what position he's taking. Uh, so that, that was my... See, that, that's the beauty of Sanatana Dharma. Not everybody is going to take the same road to truth. You, you're going to take left, you're going to go right, you're going to... See, the, you, and you have the power of thinking through all this stuff. You are, you don't have to take our word for it. You go and do your own research on Sanatana Dharma. It's an amazing, amazing thought process. Next question. Matara, how is the Hindu pact going to address the disunity between Hindus, uh, food vigilantism that as Bengals we face from vegetarian Hindus? Well, that's a very good question, Matara. And I, I will tell you what I say in, in such spaces. You know, as a Bengali myself who eats meat, uh, I my position that I have always proposed is that you know there is value to sattvic food. You cannot deny the sat, uh, scientific benefits of eating sattvic food. 
you also cannot deny the scientific uh, proof that is out there of not having uh, food or meat that is higher up the food chain it's just inefficient so the lower you are on the food chain the the more efficient you are for the ecosystem and the, and, and the ecology that you those two facts aside obviously our food habits are based on our cultural upbringing our geographical positions uh, i and our our philosophical thought processes so i always give this example that you know if you go to nepal uh, nepal is a country where uh, shiv bhagwan shiv uh, uh, is so re re revered and regarded and yet they serve meat as part of the uh, the food around there and and i personally when i was in nepal a lot of my friends who are from gujarat or other parts of in indian subcontinent where the vegetarianism is very popular they were appalled to see like there is a hindu temple and right next to it there is a meat shop but that's you know and you you shouldn't be questioning the the hinduness of a gorkha so i i put it that way like you know don't make it as a measure of somebody's hinduness uh, and similarly if you go to assam you go to bengal even in some parts of indonesia the meat eating is very much part of the culture if you if you go to what was afghanistan and the hindus in afghanistan even in kashmir jammu and kashmir the kashmiri pandits you know meat used to be part of their it's still very much a part of their lifestyle and culture so you know food is is an outcome of uh, culture and geographical benefits uh, proximities fish eating is very common in places where you know hindus are next to the ocean but i am also at the same time i acknowledge that satvik food is good better for health i also acknowledge that the lower you are on the ecosystem uh, on the food chain the more efficient you are if you are caring about the world and caring about greenhouse gases and all those things so but you know i like my uh, matcha jhol and uh, and ilish match and and my uh, goat curry <laughs> <laughs> devarshi chaliha again and uh, i think hinduism is the richest philosophy of life a way of life tolerant as part of the philosophy that we are trampled upon in my opinion we need to raise our voices yes that's true all right i think that's about it i'm looking at yeah that's about it thank you so much uh, utsav we will be back again with utsav this last uh, yeah great thank you so much and uh, we'll be back again very soon please don't forget to like share and subscribe to our channel and uh, this for this button that you have for bell that notifies you when the video becomes available so many platform subscription is enough but in some platforms you need to also click on the bell button i'm told so please do both thank you very much once again thanks what's up namaskar namaste everybody thank you so much